Well, welcome. Uh, we may have some people, if they come in and out, we'll just, not a problem at all. Um, we're here talking about growing your investment, okay, helping students transition from high school into college. Uh, we're going to cover a bunch of different things, you know, what to do with them now, you know, whether they're going to be going away to college, staying around for college, and you know, some advice you can kind of give them or set them up so they can succeed. Um, my name's Joe. I am the Chi Alpha Director at Youngstown State University. Um, go Penguins. Uh, I always have to say that. Our president, you, some of you may or may not have heard of him, this guy by the name of Jim Tressel. You know, he's our president of our university, and uh, things are going, it's awesome. Great campus, great university. Uh, my oldest son actually just registered for classes there two days ago, so he'll be a freshman next year at YSU. Um, just a little bit about me. I'm originally from Massachusetts, so sometimes some weird words come out of my mouth. My accent kicks back in. Uh, I'll probably lose you a few of you on this one. I am a Patriots fan. Uh, sorry. No, I'm not sorry for that. But anyways, my wife grew up in Cleveland, and it's how we kind of migrated to Ohio. All three of my children were born in Cleveland. Um, I have an oldest son, Dominic, who is 18. Uh, a daughter who is uh, 15, and my son Anthony, who's 12. And I always say if he was born first, he'd be an only child. Um, but he's, and those that are part of my church, uh, my pastor and uh, people from my church, they know Anthony. He's just nonstop. So he is my mini me. Uh, so I cannot blame him for anything because he's me as a child. But anyway, so, but 20 years of youth ministry, last seven, we're in the Youngstown area. Um, and now, about seven years ago, we transitioned into Chi Alpha, and we've been on campus for the last four years after doing all the things you need to do to, to get to that point, becoming fully appointed U.S. missionary and everything else. So very excited about what God is doing at Youngstown State. So got a little bit of experience with the youth ministry end of it, 20 years, uh, experience personally as a parent uh, and also as a campus pastor. As well, so we're going to cover some of those things. I just a, another introduction, and then we'll get started here. Um, I'm going to be handing you this book at the end. I don't want to give it to you now because, again, I was a youth pastor for 20 years. If I hand this to you now, you'll look through the whole thing while I'm speaking. So I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> also, too, at the end, I will give you uh, my card. It has my information on there. If you have any questions or whatever afterwards, because we're going to have a lot of Q and A as well. If you have any questions afterwards, pl please feel free to email me. Uh, message me, you know, call me, whatever it might be. But from this book, it, it starts out with this. It says, uh, Late Night Noise, Cafeteria Chaos, Organic Chemistry Stress. Um, I had several students who dealt with that. Parking that's a 1,000 miles from your class. An English 101 lecture hall filled with 600 other students. That's college life. Transitioning from high school into this world of majors, minors, and tuition money can be tricky. The decisions that are made here have an impact on the rest of your student's life. They will choose their vocation, possibly find their spouse, and make important decisions about their ideals. This is big. Very, very big. So college is just what it is. It's an incredible opportunity for students, but it's also a huge transition in, you know, for their life, going from a very regimented schedule to what I call unrestricted freedom, you know, in some cases. Uh, where they just go and it's there's no one looking over their shoulder and it's 
it can be scary. And we know, uh, as being, you know, this whole statistic about, was it like 15% of, uh, and now 85% of Christian students will fall away from their walk, you know, from God when they enter the college. Um, is it locked? <laughs> Let them all, let it come on in. Uh, so, we want to protect that investment. We're going, to, we're going to talk about how to do that well before, and like I said, during and after. But before we get started, um, what I always like to do and, is this, and you may even have this when you go to some of the, the other groups, is um, are there any questions right off the bat that you came into this, this, this session thinking, man, I, I really want this answered, I want that answered. We're going to have a time for Q&A at the end, but it's just... Kind of so I can kind of gauge where we're at and everything else. Anyone have any just pressing questions you had? Or is it still too early? <laughs> Anyone? Maybe how to lead and pastor college kids through the mistakes that we're going to make. Okay. You know, allowing them to, to make those mistakes, but also, you know, what, what are keys to helping them through those consequences? Okay. Anybody else? What do you have to do to attract them into your church? All right, anybody else? Basically, you're looking at those high school seniors or juniors, even that are trying to connect them to. Right. Yeah, gotcha. So they already have, like, faith, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then us just showing up at some, you know, major come have lunch with us, you know, spend the day with exactly. us. Exactly. Exactly. Fine, but, you know, sure. Trying to... Yep. We'll we'll definitely be covering that. So. Um, I will just say this too as well. Uh, the gentleman in the back with the hat on, that, the other gentleman with the hat on, yeah. That's Jesse Cook. He is the Chi Alpha director at Kent State University as well. So uh, we another uh, Chi Alpha guy. So if I defer to Jesse sometimes. <laughs> okay, I don't have like a physical list in my hand, but you can, all that stuff is available online. Yep. Uh, ChiAlpha.com. It's real easy to remember. That's the national site, and they'll have all that stuff on there. So, And we'll talk about some of that in just a moment. So, uh, all, right. all right. So let's get started here. Um, looking at my notes. So let's talk about the foundation, the beginning, high school. So, so you're uh, in high school. Senior in high school. All right. So what do we do with these kids that are you know, freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, and even younger to help prepare them? for this transition into college and, and all this stuff. Um, all right. Anyone have a Bible or a, or a device that has a Bible on it? All right. Can you read Hebrews five eleven through 14 for me? 
I am. A, you'll find out. I, 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 I like to teach, but I like to discuss more than. So if you have questions in the middle of it, please feel free to raise your hand. You will not mess me up. Yes, 5, 11 through 14. Okay. Right. And Jesse will agree with me on this one, and if you're a senior pastor, you'll agree with me as well. Uh, it's amazing the number of high of students and even adults that I run into who cannot have, they don't have a consistent devotional life. They don't know how to read the Word of God. They don't know how to interpret it or hear from God on their own. So my advice would be for those students that aren't yet of college age, as, they're, as you're working with them and building them out, teach them to become self-feeders. Teach them how to learn and read on their own. I always talk about the fact, like my son, like I said, he's a senior this year, and um, if I took him out to dinner, right, and started cutting up his food and went, open wide, here comes the choo-choo, you know, it would be weird, all right? But we, we see that a lot in... Uh, Spiritually, they, they have to be spoon-fed the, the Bible, the Word of God. And it's, partly is because they have, our society is very consumeristic. And so that translates into the way they are in the church. They just want to be fed. They want to be taught. They want to, you know, instead of learning for themselves. And we want to teach them how to be self-feeders. Like the, the scripture verse says, they, you know, they're on milk when they should be on the meat of the Word. You know, they should be able to teach others you know, the Word of God, so to speak, instead of just always being taught and always being fed. Um, so we want to get them from, from consumers to contributors. Get them involved in what's going on. Teach them to, to bless and to serve others instead of always just, you know, me, 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 gimme, 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 let me, you know, teach me this or teach me that, right? Now, there's a certain aspect to teaching. I mean, we have to teach others. Uh, but... Also, we want to help them transition into being able to get this stuff on their own. So the main thing that we want to talk about in, in, when it's in this aspect, and actually carries all the way through, is the word discipleship. Okay? If I can teach discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. It's the most important thing. We talk a lot in Chi Alpha. Uh, we want to make disciples who make disciples. Okay, those of us who've been around for a little while and been especially in the Assemblies of God, I youth pastored starting in 1990. So back then, the, the big thing was the war series and the take pride. And we had this big three-ring binder, and someone would be, go through a discipleship class, and at the end, we'd go, here, here's your certificate. You are now a disciple. Yay! And that was it, right? And that was, I'm a disciple of Jesus because I got a certificate. No, it's, that's great. Yeah, we learn and we, we, we get that in us, but... What are you now doing with it? How are you discipling other people? Someone else, you have your Bible. All right, let's look at Second uh, Timothy verse, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And we're going to talk about this really quickly, discipleship. And that's what we, and as she's looking for that, that's what we try to do in Chi Alpha, is trying to teach them how to disciple 
the next generation, disciple the next person. All right? You got it? It's, it's just to help you. Second Timothy is right after First Timothy. <laughs> if that helps. <laughs> yeah, verse 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. Wait. Oh, sorry. Chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Oh, sorry. Okay. You're good. There we go. Okay. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and in the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Okay. So Paul's telling Timothy, listen, you've heard me teach you these things. Now teach it to other people. But not only teach it to other people, entrust it to those who will then teach others. So there's this idea of passing on information, discipling each other, trying to learn from one another, okay? Question, audience participation, if someone was willing to share. Somebody share with the group what God has been showing you recently in your devotional life. Anyone willing to do that? What do you feel? Okay, go ahead. To walk in you know, friends of peace, and I'm with you, and God is with you, so you can walk in peace. Don't be stressing out about everything. Just trust me. <laughs> okay. You know, and I've been using the, um, oh gosh, Sarah Young is the author, uh, Jesus Calling, book, and so it's written as, um, like, Jesus, we're talking to me. Mm-hmm. So it's really like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trust me. And so how is that, like, kind of played out in your own life? I mean, is there a li- it's funny because sometimes you, know, you take things and, okay, I don't feel like that's for today, but I'm going to pack it away because something must be coming mm-hmm. road. And um, we have a neighbor that was just diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And her, when she asked us to pray with her, it was that thing. I just want to be at peace. I want my mind to be stayed on Jesus. And so I feel like that's, like, I need to share that with her. Yeah. Encourage her. And, and for myself as well, just yeah. don't fret about it. Just. Thanks for sharing. So, from that, has, I mean, does that speak to anybody in here, or you know, do we speak? You know, to me, I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, peace. What am I doing in my own life with peace? How is that speaking to me? And that's kind of an example of like what we try to do with our our students in our in our group is I always ask the question: So, what's God showing you in your life? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, uh, and then, you know, I don't sit there, you don't browbeat him, but just like, help him to understand that God will speak to you. He loves you. He cares about you. He'll speak to you. And so what we do in our groups, our small groups like that, is helping them to cross-disciple each other. And so, like, we can learn, oh, yeah, man, I really, need, how many times have you been in a group and someone says something like that, and you're like, afterwards they come up to you and like, I really need to hear that. I'm so glad you said that. So glad you shared that. And so we're teaching our students to, it's not that difficult to do with high school students. You know, you ask them that question. I ask my kids all the time, you know, how many of you, your parents, hey, what'd you learn in in Sunday school? Jesus, (laughs) the Bible, you know. So trying to get them from that to, you know, what did you learn this week as you read your Bible? Or what do you feel like God's speaking to you? Get them into that mode, into that, because there, again, there are adults who have been following Christ for 30, 40 years who cannot answer that question. I don't, whatever the pastor said, you know. 
whatever we heard on Sunday. Well, yeah, that's great. Sunday's awesome. And it's an, but you can't, you know, the old cliches, you can't live on that throughout the week. You don't eat once a week. You have to eat daily. So we're trying to teach our students to feed themselves and not only feed themselves, but share it with others. And do that with your high school students. You know, do that in your small groups, if you have small groups, or even a Sunday school class, okay? Um, try to get them to interact with each other and learn and disciple. Discipleship is this. Um, one of the definitions I've always heard is uh, getting people from where they're at to where God wants them to be. You know, we tell our students all the time, just moving people one step closer to Jesus, one step closer to Jesus, okay? And some people say, well, I can't disciple others. I don't know enough. All you have to be is like, one step ahead of the person you're discipling, right? Or just we disciple one another and we, we share with each other. I know Jesse, I'm going to put him on the spot a little bit. They do, um, and we're, we're trying, trying to transition into that. They do these life groups and they just, like three or four people, they get together. And it's that. They're just sharing what God has shown them this week. And, and then they just teach each other. And then it's kind of like, okay, what are we going to do next about this, you know? Um, Bob Goff, he's an author. He he does, he says he does. They don't do Bible studies. He does Bible doings, <laughs> you know. Uh, and there's all all sorts of other things. You know, I've heard Francis Chan do the whole thing about is you know if I tell my daughter clean your room and she's like and the whole joke is well yeah I get some of my friends together dad and we we talked about what it would look like to clean my room and we had a study about it and this and but it's more than that you know we have to do the things that God is showing us each and every day. Uh, in, in our group, in uh, Chi Alpha, Youngstown State Chi Alpha, we, have a, we want our students to experience God, experience community, experience serving. So we're trying to disciple them through those things. So it's more than just a group of students who come together, hold hands, and sing Kumbaya. You know, uh, it's, we get together, we, we, we learn from God, we hear from God ourselves, we experience Him in community, experience Him on our own. Uh, but we're also there and we're caring about each other like, Courtney, we're like, hey, Courtney wasn't there next last week. Man, what's going on? You know, we're, we're talking, and we don't go out to Courtney going like, you jerk, where were you? We No, it's like, hey, we're not the same without you. We need you. And we have such a love and a care for each other that we go after each other, and we help each other, and we, we love each other, like Acts, the Acts 2 church. And then we're also serving others, you know, whether it's giving financially, whether it's giving our time. Whether it's being in a relationship with somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Not just yelling at them with a bullhorn and saying, you're a sinner. Ah, but it's sharing our life with them. So they see us that we're, we're like them. You know, hey, we make mistakes. We goof up. But we have a Savior who cares about us and loves us. You know, I was talking to a gentleman when I was, my son was doing his orientation. I was talking to a, 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 another dad whose daughter was coming to YSU. And he's a Christian. And he's a policeman. And he talks about how he has such a peace. He just knows that any day could be his last. But his fellow police officers ask him all the time, like, how can you have such peace? You know, and he gets to share Jesus with them without having to hit him over the head with a Bible, but just living life together. And that's what discipleship is. It's just life on life, togetherness. It's not just me talking to you and teaching you. Okay, that's part of it. Jesus did those things. But Jesus also walked with them. And did things with them and hung out with them. And that's one of the things we're trying to deal with with our group is getting them past the mentality of, hey, we have our small group. Yeah, yeah, okay, Nate, see you next week. See you at small group next No, it's not see you next week at small group. Hey, when are we having lunch together? 
You know, hey, when are we going to study together? Let's go to the rec center together. You know, trying to live that life together, life on life. And it's easier when you bring people in who don't know Jesus because they see that. And they go, these guys really care about each other. There's something about them they want to know. All right, moving on. Um, so that's what yeah, I would encourage you with your students who are now. Get them to that point so we don't have, you know, when I get to college, they don't fall away from faith because they already have that strong foundation and they want to be a part. So what about the student who's going off to college, all right? And this will answer your question. What do you do with that student? Um, first, I want to encourage you is this. Find out if there's a Chi Alpha on campus, okay? Find out if there's a Chi Alpha on campus. Number one important thing. ChiAlpha.com, put it in there. Find out. If there is, contact the Chi Alpha director. His, his or her information is right there with that. And to answer your question, if they would not meet with you, they don't need to be a Chi Alpha director, all right? They should be, like, if you contact them and say, hey, we're coming for a college visit, we would love to get, they would jump on it. I know I would jump on it in a heartbeat because we want to, because here's what happens most of the time, and Jesse will attest to this. We go to churches and we'll speak, and someone will come up to us and they'll go, hey, my granddaughter goes to, to that university. Here's her number. Can you contact her? And we're like, Sure. And we do. We make the contact. And sometimes it works out. 95 to 99% of the time, it just doesn't happen. Like, we'll contact them, and they're like, yeah, okay. And it's just the connection. So finding, getting that connection beforehand is huge. Get the student involved in the process. Don't do all the work for them. Get them involved in the process some. And that's where getting them to, to meet with that person, have coffee with them, lunch or whatever. Most of us, we'll, we'll buy them coffee. We'll buy them lunch. We'll, we'll put out, you know, because most college students, they, they say they're poor, but they're not. As poor as they say they are. Because when you buy $5 coffees several times a week, you know. Anyways, uh, I'll get off my soapbox. Um, so, but get them involved in that process uh, You know, Chi Alpha is not just, it's not just a safety net for, you know, to keep them away from all the bad people. We want them to be involved in reaching out to their community, reach out to that campus. So, you know, when they get involved, they may get a little bit like, this isn't what I was expecting, you know. But if they can stay through that and get connected to that, it will help them out along the way. Um, so what happens, though, so you made that, con- you you. You found a school has a Chi Alpha. You've made that connection. They're, they're, they're already communicating. They're excited. They want to be a part of the group. Uh, let's say they go to a university that doesn't have a Chi Alpha. Okay, now what? All right, now what do we do? Well, my, my first advice would be this, is find out what, strong, what AG churches are in the area. See if they have a strong young adult program. Get them connected that way. You know, like right now, we, Bowling Green does not have Chi Alpha but they have a lot of young adults who go to the church there. Get, I would get them connected that way, all right? Or whatever it might be. Get them connected to that church, especially because they need, they need a community of believers. You can't just send them off on their own. And I would, the same advice. You know, contact that pastor. Contact that youth pastor. Contact whoever you might know in that church. If you don't know somebody in the church, just call them. They're going to, you know, again... If you call the church and you say, hey, I have a student coming to this university near your, your camp, your, call, your church, um, I'd love to, we're coming for a visit, we'd love to meet, whatever, 
And if they don't seem interested, I'd go to the next church because you don't want your student involved in that church. You want them involved in a community of believers who's going to help them grow or her grow and be a part of that. Okay. Uh, also, too, dare I say this, it's being videotaped, all right? but if they don't have a Chi Alpha, and even still if you get them connected in the church, find out if there's other Christian groups on campus okay? and find out what those are. Do some research. Make sure they're good, strong Groups, you don't want to get them into some group that's, there's groups out there, it's, they're not bad, but they're just all fluff, okay? There's no real depth to it, there's no real, you know, they're not going to grow, they're just going to end up consuming some more, and then when they get out, they're going to just be as lost as they were when they get in. But do, get them involved, get them involved in some sort of community of believers uh, there. If they're a really strong kid, and you know, man, this, this kid's got leadership abilities out uh, you know, beyond belief, get them connected and pl- start planting in the seed. Hey, think about starting a, a Chi Alpha group at your at your university because it's student led. All right, doesn't it? It's best with a director, but it doesn't have to be like we don't do all the work. We want the students to do as much of it as possible because we're here to equip them and to teach them and train them. Start a Chi Alpha. Get with Steve Brandon, our state director, and he will be more than happy to help. Work, walk through that process. Okay, it might take a couple of years. By the time they're juniors and seniors, they may be the catalyst to start something that's coming up down the road. But I would definitely, you have to do some work. It's not a matter of, hey, good luck, see you later, have fun. And, I mean, let's be honest. Sorry for the statement. They're 18 years old. They're not that bright. All right. All right. My son's 18. He thinks he has things for, I was 18 once. I wasn't that, you know, thought I knew everything, okay? And I didn't, all right? Uh, they need help, you know? And so to think that they're just going to be able to figure this out on their own, it's not going to happen. We have, you know, we can't spoon feed them everything, but we can help them and guide them and direct them. So get them involved, get them connected to something um, that's happening. And then my next advice for that would be this. Follow up on your students, especially that first year. Follow up on them. You know, uh, again, to think they go, hey, good luck, and let them go. You know, it is, especially if they're going away to college, I call it the Etch-A-Sketch experience. Everything is shiny and new. And there are a lot of people out there that, it, this, oh, that group sounds great. And... It's, it's messed up. There's a lot of messed up stuff going on in our universities. A lot of messed up stuff. Uh, and it's real easy to get connected in and to those things. Before you know it, you know, you've slipped away. Follow up on them. Make sure, you know, uh, with the new rhythms in their life, that they're good with their time management. All right? It's real easy to skip class. You know, it's really easy to not do this project to that project, you know. Because, again, what happens is this. You go to class and they go, all right, here's your syllabus. Have fun. Uh, you know, they're not sitting there reminding you all the time of projects and things. that are, So stay on them. Make sure their grades are going well, okay. Um, some of them will stress out. I meet, Jesse meets students all the time. and They're, like, so stressed out. We're like, dude, Relax. Okay, it's okay. We've seen this about a million times. You're going to be okay. All right? Help them them through that. Teach them through those things. And that's why, um, 
some, uh, that's why it's important to be connected to a group of students. Like I, you know, I have students that come in as freshmen. I can connect them with a, a sophomore or a junior who's already done this, you know, and they're like, and they can coach them through it and help them through that. All right. Some of them have no problem with school, but it's really easy to slip away because it's like, woohoo, this is fun, yeah, yeah. And like I said, they're, all of a sudden they're missing this class or missing that class. But follow up on them. Make sure they're connected. Make sure they're going to party. The ones that are stressed out especially, they don't think, I don't have time to get involved in a group. They, have, they can't not be involved in a group. We see it too often. They're like, okay, just, my schedule's so busy, my schedule's so crazy, which I always laugh at. I go, where do you get married and have kids? <laughs> I, I just usually pull up my phone and go Google Calendar and show them. They go, you know, their, their mouth drops open. I'm like, dude, you have no idea what busyness is. You have not a clue because all your busyness revolves around you. All right? But um, make sure they're connected at least one point, even if it's just a, a small group or if it's the large group gathering. You know, if they don't think they tell them to start somewhere and, and be there. All right, so you get students that are, are going away. What time do I have until? Oh, I got a half an hour. All right. Well, oh, there's the phone. All right, let's get through this quickly so we can do some some Q and A. Um, so you get students who are staying put. All right, maybe they're going to a a local university that's a, a community college. Uh, ours is a mainly commuter college. Uh, it's a four-year school, a four-year program, but a lot of our students stay local. Some of them, they just don't go to school. Maybe they take a gap year, take a year off. Maybe they just want to work, whatever it might be. So what do we do with those students? Have something for them. Well, we don't have anyone who wants to do young adults. We don't have anyone. Find somebody. Find something. Do something with them. Okay? You don't want to do the extended youth group thing. Because it's now time to get a little bit, you're, you're an adult now, all right? There's some things you need to start progressing towards adulthood, all right? Start moving towards that. But get them involved. Have something for them that's just for them. Um, continue to disciple them. Even if it's you and that student, a one-on-one, once a week, you know, you're having coffee somewhere. Because let me tell you something, if they're staying around and they're working, they're usually not working a full-time job. They're usually working on Xbox, if they're a guy, you know, for like 30 hours a week. No. They're, they're, they're gaming. or what? So they have time. They have time, you know. If you're a staff person at a church, have them come over. Have a, a meeting with them, disciple them a little bit, and then get them involved in doing, hey, I, got, I need, really need this project done or whatever. Get them involved in being a part of the church and doing things, all right? So I would encourage you to just get, get something for them. Get them away from, again, the whole consumer mentality of just a, another, hey, we're going to have a young adult church service just for you guys, okay? Which is great every once in a while, but get them beyond that. Get them more into growing and feeding themselves. Um, they need, again, they need to learn how to bless others and serve. They need to be responsible for their own growth, Okay? Uh, and they need to be responsible to help others grow. If, if they're doing well, encourage them, hey, we got some junior high, if they're a guy, I got some junior high guys. You know, why don't you meet with these guys and, and, and do that whole discipleship thing, you know, and, and, and do stuff. Get them involved in being part of the process. Get them involved in missions. We were just at the World Mission Summit, and uh, they were talking about, okay, so the whole new generation, you know, the millennials or whatever it's called now with Jaden Smith and all this other stuff. I forget the, the term, the, the title they have. But they're living at home longer, right? 
And the guy who's in charge of U.S. missions connection with world missions, he's like, I can work with that. Because you know what? They're working at Starbucks, so they don't really have like a, you know, a full-time 9-to-5 job. They're living at home, so they don't really have a lot of this or that. They, they're, they're ready to go on mission. They're ready to go you know, on short-term mission trips or longer-term mission trips. Man, get that in their thought and their idea. You know, hey, have you ever thought of doing this or getting involved in this mission at, mission in, that's local or even going overseas for a month at a time or three months at a time? Because they can do that kind of stuff. Get them involved in, in going on mission and, and giving to missions. So I would encourage you to, to not just let them slip by the wayside. Gone are the days of students graduating from high school, you know, getting a job in the local factory, marrying their high school sweetheart by the age of, you know, 19 or 20 and starting a family. Those days are long gone, you know. Get them, we, we got to capture them. We got to get them involved in doing stuff and, and, and having things going on. So, and I would, um, one last thing I want to do, and then we're going to answer some of these questions, is this. I'm going to hand you these books. If there's more in the back, we'll just let them cycle to Jesse, and I'll, I'll get them after. These books are free. You can get them, um, oops, sorry. Help, my Healthy Church, right? It's no longer GPS or whatever it is. My Healthy Church. Uh, you can get 50 of them free before you have to start paying for them. Um, <laughs> then they become like a dollar a piece or something like that. Yeah. Just, just, uh, it's called Going to College. If you've got students who are, it wouldn't, be, wouldn't hurt you to have a stack of these in your church uh, as students are going to college. Uh, they're just some fun little things. Talking about rhythms of life. Uh, Learning to learn. And just some good little advice nuggets for students. The biggest one would be number 10. It's called Avoid the Desert. And it's basically what we talked about. Being connected to a group of believers while you're on campus. So, what's your name? Luke. Luke, where are you going to school next year? Do you know? Um, I'm not 100% certain, but I'm probably going to stay at home for the college. Okay. Where at? Uh, Ells Lorraine County Community College. It's up by Elyria. Elyria. Okay. So, what church you go to? I go to Harvest Ridge. All right. Oh, yeah. So, you got a good... Uh, good culture of youth and young adults in that church with, with Mike. I've known Mike for a long time and everything else. So, yeah, there you go. So for you, you you're, you're fortunate because you've got a good um, grouping of people to be a part of. So I used to work at the TGI Fridays in Westlake. So that's near your, near your church. So, but, Yeah, my wife's from Rocky River, so. But anyways, cool. All right. Um, so let's, let's go through some of these questions that were posed at the beginning. And then if we have more questions, let's try it. And Jesse, you can, and anyone can just jump in and help out on these. All right. So um, how do we pass our students through their mistakes? Great, great, great question. Uh, one of the first things I would remind us all is that God is gracious and merciful. All right, uh, and he's that with all of us. Uh, so we have to be gracious and merciful, because as we've already established, sorry, Luke, that they're stupid. <laughs> they're not stupid. They just don't make the best judgments. Okay, uh, and it happens all the time. Uh, and so we have to be there and go. Okay. <sighs> all right, let's talk through this and let's. And, but if you have that culture of of love and caring. I mean, we don't want to 
like brush everything over and you know, not my child type thing and sweep it under the rug. But we want to have that, uh, that, that culture where they can come to us when they make mistakes instead of running to other people or running to other things. Um, so I would encourage you to be gracious, be kind, be firm though as well. And, um, but just be that type of person that they know that they can come up to you and say whatever and you're not going to like freak out and write them off. Because sometimes you're going to have some kids, uh, those of us who have children in this room, you know you parent your children differently. They're different. You know what I mean? All three of my kids are different. Um, I coach soccer. When I coach, I coach differently with some kids because they, diff- they respond differently to different things. Uh, so we have to be different with our, our students, and we have to have them to understand and let them know that they can come to us and that we're not going to freak out, but we're also not going to let them get away with everything. Look at what you did was, you know, was, was silly and, and crazy or whatever, but let's walk through this. How are we going to make this right? How are we going to make this happen? Uh, a lot of times, those of you who have students who go to college or those who go to college, they have this nice little thing called FERPA. It's the Federal Education and Protection Act. Uh, there's, no, there's an R in there somewhere. I, whatever. Basically, it says this. Unless your, 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 your child signs this form, if my son did not sign this FERPA Act, I cannot call the university, even if I paid for his, his college, I cannot call the university and go, hey, can you give me my son's grades? Can't do it because he's protected. When they get in trouble, when they get in trouble on campus or whatever, they're not contacting me to tell me that my child is in trouble because of the protection. All right? So they, they need to know that we, we're there for them and they can come to us, right? And we have to build that trust and relationship. They are learning, the university is trying to teach them to learn to, to own up to their mistakes or own up to their responsibility on their own. And we can't, we have to do that with them as well. We have to help them learn how to, to deal with these things, how to work through these things and, and make the right decisions. So hopefully they won't do it again. They may do it again, but hopefully they won't do that again and kind of disciple them through that. Does that help out? Yeah. Jesse, anything? I think the big thing is like, just in general, ministry to college students, is like, we're not inviting them to ministry, we're inviting them to our lives, as we follow Jesus. And so, authenticity is massive for millennials. They've been marketing their entire life, really, if you're just trying to get something from them. So there's been cases like with Gray Lynn and I where like, got students that are kind of on the fringe of our group, and it's like, instead of, like, we they kind of pull away a little bit when we just try to invite them to the stuff we do all the time, but we just invite them into our lives, and we're honest and authentic and say, yeah, I've had struggles too, you know, or I've a stupid mistake I've made, you know, we're, we're authentic with them, we say, wow, well, you, you know, you look like a normal person, um, you struggle with that, but Jesus forgives you, and Jesus that work in your life, and so as we do life with people, as we do life with students, I think that's one of the biggest ways that you have that um, credibility to speak into their life, as you show that you care about them, that you love them, whether or not they come to a Kyle, whether or not they come to our events, whether or not they, they want to do the stuff we're trying to get them to do, I mean, they know we love them. I've got one guy who's actually a Kansas State football team, he can hardly ever make it to anything, but 
Brian Bessie. I, I grab lunch with him. I have him at home for dinner. I'll meet up with him. Hey, I'll send him a text. It's just, I, hey, I care about you. I'm invested in your life. And so, when it comes to passing and a few bad decisions, now he finds himself in a, in a situation that he's messed up. We talked. You know, why? Because I have that. I invested in him. I built that relationship with him. So, so much of it's relationships, you know, authentic. And that's where we find a lot of success is when we, we do those things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's changed. It's no longer... Uh, well, we heard it yesterday. It's no longer title um, leadership. It's more of like personal re- leadership. You know, as you build relationship, as you get to know people, it um, you can then speak into their life because of you know that what you've built up there. So, um, and to, it kind of goes into what the next question was that uh, Pastor Eric had asked about was how do you get them into your church? Um, one, I would also put the onus on them. You know what I mean? To build relationships with other, if you got a few that are in your church and are connected, get them to build relationships with some of their other friends to bring them along. It's all, everything's all about relationships. Again, gone are the days that um, people just go, you know, they're just looking to go to church. If you look, there's this thing that someone has done, uh, one of the statistics people, that there's less and less people looking to go to church on a Sunday morning, okay? But the way to get them there is through relationships, as you're building relationships with people. And you're, you know, they, they, they know you, and they know that you're real. They know that you're, and they're like, there's something about you that I want to be a part of, and they come along. So I'd encourage them to, to invite their friends. And, you know, do stuff that, I, I, this is going to sound counterintuitive, because I always talk about, you know, try not to be event-driven too much, because it's more relationships, but events sometimes build those relationships, right? So when you're going, you know, if I go to a student and say, hey, you want to come to our Bible study? <laughs> They're like, no. Hey, we're going to go you know, bowling or we're going to go, we, we do a ca- uh, cafe crawl every once in a while on campus. It's kind of like a bar crawl, except we go from coffee shop to coffee shop to coffee shop. Kids will go to that. Oh, really? You're going to go th- you know, three different coffee shops? Yeah, come on. And they hang out and they're just a part of that thing. And they go, boom, boom, boom. Um, I, I've tried to create the, the, the Chi Alpha house. I have a, a, a coffee bar in my basement. I built a pizza oven in my backyard. So it's, hey, we're firing up the pizza oven. People are like, yeah, woo. You know, but we just have fun. Like one of my students, we're on spring break. She's having a game night at her house this Tuesday night coming up. And they love to do that. They love to go hang out. So I would start there with building those friendships and having something, like Jesse said, that's authentic and real. And something they can be a part of. Something they can come in and even ask questions and, and question things that you're talking about. All right, So they can process through those things out loud in a small group discussion or anything else. And then, hey, sometimes those big event things will get them. You know? Hey, we're going to do this and we're going to give away that. All right? And all of a sudden you've got those, they've come. But those are the entry points into relationships. Those are the Hey, how's it going? My name is... And then you start with that and you start with the relationship and build those relationships and get those things going. Okay? Does that make sense? Um, I'm going to defer again to Jesse. Any other questions on that? I mean, something we've done is like um, with the students that we do have, we have them the rest of the group. So we have our DNA groups that each week we say to one different DNA group, hey, it's your week to pick what we're going to do. 
So when we look at here, we're in the bowl in this week. Last night, one of the groups, the thing they came up with for Friday night was uh, they're going to go to the Kent State Akron Zips uh, game, the basketball game, about get pizza. So it's like, I'm not coming up with the stuff that the students are, and they're, they're able to bring their friends to that and create these rhythms that college students naturally do. They want to go hang out. They want to go do something fun with their friends. And what this is for us, it's an opportunity to build relationship. And an opportunity to, it's a platform for us to, for people to say, hey, you're a Christian. Oh, you're not like a bigot. Everybody. You can change the perspective when you play a game with somebody, hang out with somebody, and just build a relationship with them. I think in our churches, ask that question. What can we be doing to create a platform where I can just be a person? Right? Because if you go into a church, instantly you're thinking churchy things. And, and that's good to be at the church where that's good that they can be fed there and that's important, but they may not be looking for a church or wanting to go to a church. But if we can create um, rhythms for your group or your ministry to start to kind of be in their orbit and build relationships, then you can start to bring those students in. If you're going after students that are already Christian, um, I think a great idea like a game night. I've seen that work in churches before really well, where it's just a, a regular, like, they want to have fun and hang out. So, how can you use the facilities that you have, that space that you have, to create a comfortable environment for relationships to grow? And so, and I, and talk to the young, and talk to the young adults in your church for their input. And then to continue with that, okay, so then once you start getting them coming, especially those Christian kids, to start progressing them towards growth. You know what I mean? Hey, all right, we've been doing this. Now, we're going to get together and just have a worship night. Or we're going to get together and have a, a, you know, some prayer time. Because I see, even in my own experience, that, again, they just... And Jesse does this as well. It's, you got to get them past that surfacey stuff into more growth and depth and and learning and 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 you know moving towards where God has them to be. Um, I was going to say something else as you were talking about that, but it, yeah, it's very important to just let. That's a great point. Let them drive it sometimes, and let them because they'll be more excited about it, and they'll be more. It, it's so easy for us as leaders. Like and I'm, I'm learning that even more and more with my students. It's so easy for us as leaders to just, you know, take the reins and do it, you know. And But now I'm going, even this last week I had a couple things. I was going to make this Facebook group page for one of our students who wanted to get some of our students in the Capital, which is the college part of fine arts. And I'm like, what? no, wait a second. You know, so I, I made her an administrator on our Facebook group page and I said, hey, you're this, make the event. You know what I mean? I had another girl who wanted to, uh, you know, do this. I'm like, all right, stop. If you want to do this, go ahead and you plan it, you drive it and you do it because you, you have more passion for it than I do and you'll do a better job with that. And then once they're involved, they'll start pulling their friends in. Hey, I'm doing, I got this thing going on. You want to come? You want to come hang out and that kind of stuff. So, Cool. Uh, and I hopefully we, we've answered your question as far as getting connected. You can I call up a Chi Alpha director. Again, if they won't meet with you, shame on them. Now, sometimes it might be schedule-wise, but uh, more often than not, they, we are begging to meet with, with prospective students. Also, too, I'd encourage you, um, let's say if you really want to make a connection and you have a, 
you know, Kyle was not too far from your church or whatever else. Have them come in and even just do a window at your church, you know, especially if you know that they're going to that school. Uh, for me, uh, we have, again, we're mainly commuter, and I'm about to try to do a, I call it a recruitment tour. I want to go to our churches in our local area and even at least just set up a table in the, in the lobby just to meet students, you know. I don't even need a window whatever, but I just want to meet those students, get a face, you know, before they get there. So any other questions that we may or may not have covered? Because we still have a, what time is it? All right, you're my, oh, this, <laughs> I'm sitting trying to, thank you, I appreciate that. So when you have the, the young adults, mm-hmm. and you have a group, and you have so many, um, like, newer coming mm-hmm. that is, it wasn't raised in the church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to teach them a little bit more. But you also have this group of people that that are have that foundation. Mm-hmm. How do you balance? And when they're sitting there making comments that aren't necessarily appropriate, mm-hmm. what you're trying to teach, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you manage? How do you bridge? I'm going to tell you this. That is an awesome place for you to be. If you have that issue or problem... That's great because I would even say that Jesus had that issue and problem a lot. Okay, because if you have people who are questioning things and asking questions or even saying things that are inappropriate, uh, it does get it gets messy. It gets. We had a student when I was did my internship at, uh, at the Ohio State University. Uh, his name was Ryan, and um, we invited him. We met him on Welcome Week. Invited him to some stuff, and he started coming week after week. Did not know Jesus. And didn't know Jesus for like six months. And we'd be out to, to dinner and stuff after a meeting. And he would say some things. And we're like, okay, Ryan. You know? And they weren't really appropriate. But as we loved him and cared for him, he came to know Jesus. He ended up becoming the president of the Chi Alpha group at Ohio State for a while. And he's still serving God now. So it can be a little bit disruptive. It can be a little bit tough. Um, I would encourage you to even talk to your, maybe if you have some leaders or stronger Christians in the group, like in private, just be like, hey, look, it, this is what we want. We want to have people who don't know Jesus here. It may get a little bit goofy. It may get a little bit, ah, but let's walk them through it and deal with it. When I was a youth pastor, we vanned kids in, and I, we, had, we would have like 50 or 60 kids on a Wednesday night. Like half of them did not know Jesus, okay? So there were some times that things got a little bit, crazy, but it was awesome teaching Bible stories that they had no idea existed in the Bible. You know what I mean? They're like, he did what? You know? And you know, he's talking about like, we always think like King, King David, you know, man after God's own heart. Well, he was also an adulterer and a murderer, right? And they're like, he did, he has, her husband killed? No way. You're, you're kidding me. And like, nope. And you show him in the Bible. And so um, I think those are healthy things to walk through. And also get your the stronger Christians involved in that person's life and help them dis- help those let them disciple this new person into Jesus. Okay, I think sometimes you know, there's that old expression. Um, those of you've been around for a while, we always say Christians are the f- the only fishermen who try to clean the fish before they catch them, right? Right? It's okay. Again. Jesus, you know, he calls the disciples. <laughs> he calls them and he goes, okay, now go. I mean, these guys are brand new. And, you know, you got Peter with his mouth and these guys with it. You know, they're fighting over this and that. But it, was, it worked out. It's okay. You know, and so I think be okay with the, 
the uncomfortableness, right? Be okay with sometimes that stress because stress helps things grow. Stress makes things a little bit better at times. Um, if it becomes unhealthy, you got to keep a watch and an eye on that. If they're dominating and really trying to, you know, it's changing, then you might have to have conversations with them and have to step in and do some things. But I think whenever we have people who don't know Jesus in the group, it helps us because we get these Christian blinders on and we're just so used to it being this way. I did a, um, an alpha course last year. It's just an opportunity to, you know, you watch a video and you talk about things and open discussion about God. And I had a girl in a group who came who did not know Jesus. And she, we're still working on her. She's slowly getting there. She's still kind of connected to our group. But the questions she would ask was great for myself and the other Christian students in the group or the things that she would challenge because it would make them think about why they believed what they believe. Okay, instead of just going, you know, What'd you learn? Jesus. You know, they would actually have to be able to formulate, well, why do I believe that? And it would help them learn some of that apologetics and learn some of that, get that depth and those roots in them deeper instead of just, you know, well, I don't know, I just believe it because I was always taught that way, you know. So it helps them grow and learn and that kind of stuff. So don't stress out about it, right? unless it's a real problem. Don't stress out about it, but let that help you guys grow and, and be happy with the fact that you've got people who don't know Jesus coming around because um I, I was reading let me see really quickly let me get the quote from this book um and does anyone have any other major questions because if not i will wrap us up with this if i can find it really quickly um but we talk about you know evangelism and discipleship and we're always kind of like at an arm's length but we want people to be near us we want people to be a part of what we have going on and i may not be able to find the quote exactly give me two more seconds if i don't find it i'll just paraphrase it sorry for those who are listening and not here all right so i'll just tell you basically it's this is the fact that jesus himself had people who would come around him and did not know him. They were attracted to him. They wanted to hang out with him. They wanted to be with him. The people that did not want to be with him were the, the really high religious people and this and that. And if we look at our own lives, if we don't have those types of people who want to be near us and want to be a part of us, maybe we're speaking a different gospel than what Jesus has spoken. You know, he's our example. He's our savior. And people who did not, who were like, where they would think the scum of the earth wanted to be near him and wanted to be a part of his life, okay? Because he, he, they, they, they notice something in him. If, and if they're not wanting to be a part of our life, maybe we're speaking a gospel that shouldn't be spoken. Like Jesse said, we're not, you know, that whole, you know, uh, you, you, you know you're a bigot, you're this, you're that, you know. People should want to be around us, okay? Can I pray for you? And then we'll, we'll enjoy the rest of our day here at Synergy. Father God, we just thank you for, uh, and I thank you for people with a heart for, for, for high school students, junior high students, and college students, Lord God. People who want to learn more from you, want to learn more about how do I minister to these, this part of our, our society, part of our family. How do I help them to grow? And Lord God, I pray that even something that was spoken here, either from myself or somebody else, would just go deep within us, Lord that we would, it would be a seed that will just start to grow so that we can uh, help students transition well, 
help students so they don't fall away from you, but help them to get involved in community, get involved in, with other believers so that we can grow in you, but also that we can attract those who don't know you to ourselves so that we can show them to you, Father. Show you to them, Father. Be with us the rest of this day. Help us to continue to learn from you. Give us strength, Lord God. Give us energy. And we're just going to give you all honor and glory. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.